Thanks for meeting us at the, the intersection. intersection. Happy J Day. Happy J Day. It doesn't work the same as Happy B Day, but I'll take it. So um, we open up with December fourth because it's December fourth, and it's Jay Z's birthday. Happy birthday, Jay. Happy birthday. Um, so I'm your host, Malika Salam. You got to say the whole thing every time. Like, like a, a tribe, tribe called Quest, and a pimp named Slickback. And to my right, my right hand, my ride and live, my day one, literally day one, like I've known you since uh, before you got to this planet. Yes. So, y'all know who it is, none other than the Chocolate Girl Wonder. Hey, y'all. Hey, what's tea? What's really tea? Well, let's just get right into it. Um, so what's tea? Uh... Okay, so I saw a commercial for a show called The Good Doctor, and it's interesting because The Good Doctor is actually an autistic surgeon. I've been drawn to a couple of shows, um, and I guess I'm supposed to say a surgeon who's autistic, like there's language around it. Um, I don't work in behavior therapy. I have friends and family who work in behavior therapy, and who work with people who are on the spectrum. So I have, and, and I've, you know, done some like fundraising work, but I'm still not very familiar. So I just found myself recently when thinking about things that pertain to mental health and um, what autism is and what the autism spectrum is, I found myself kind of drawn to things. So this show I thought was very interesting because uh, on the spectrum you can be like, high functioning or you can be like non-verbal so i thought it was very interesting that the surgeon is on the autism spectrum like how do you perform 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 surgery um meaning autistic yeah because that requires but he's he he also is um a savant which means that he's really good at a specific thing so i think probably the earliest recollection that i have of and i don't think they called it autism then um, hey y'all, Sam is here. Say hey, Sam. Hey. Hey, hey. So, um, you remember Rain Man. We're old enough mm -hmm. to remember Rain Man. But he wasn't, he was called a savant. Uh -huh. But I don't know that autism was a thing back then. Like, nobody was talking about autism. Uh, so I would think that that's probably the earliest recollection that I have of anything that looked like autism or that looked like this. So that show, um... I want to check out because I'm like, how does that work? Because a lot of people who I've encountered personally and from what I've seen and read uh, have reactions to um, external stimuli. Correct. So I would imagine being a surgeon and I guess in that environment where it's maybe quiet and sterile, that's easy to do. But I'm because I'm thinking working in a hospital, though, is so loud and dealing with people. And if it's any type of trauma, like that just seems... But you have to remember, if he's a surgeon, he's in that quiet room 90% of the time. Yeah. I mean, and some surgeons are, don't have a quiet room. They pipe in music. They have a specific right. type of music that they use to tune but in. But they aren't in the hustle bustle of the emergency yeah, room. Yeah, it's not the they ER. Are, it's yeah. not triage. I get it. So I'm interested to see what they do with this. Um, the other show that I just finished watching on uh, Fletnix is uh it's <laughs> a show called um atypical and so it's the same thing it's uh a, and this is why i'm 
like really careful with the language because again I don't know a lot about it personally and I even have family members who are on the spectrum um, who I just haven't had a lot of interaction with so I don't really know I'm okay with saying I don't really know I don't really understand and so I don't want to be offensive and it was one of the things that they pointed out in the show like there was an episode where the dad goes to the um, autism group like support group and he's like my autistic kid and she's like we do person first language so he's your child with autism and he was like I don't know how to navigate any of this like he was saying you know things about normal behavior like, we don't say normal like they were language policing him left and right so needless to say he didn't go back to the support group but his wife has been the one who's been doing the heavy lifting and been on the ground since day one with their son who has autism or is on the autism yeah so the thing that was interesting about it is he just turned 18 and he decides he that wants he wants to start dating and so um because there are so it's atypical as opposed to neurotypical so people who are normal are considered neurotypical that means all of your things just line up so atypical means that you have something that doesn't line up exactly um, but you know they don't I like the fact that it's not called you know normal and abnormal because I'm just a huge believer in that not you know making everything so binary right so it's only male and female it's only good and bad it's only black and white it's only right or wrong and I don't think that that's how life works like there's so many different things and so many different ways that things line up and what aligns for one person may not align for the other and that doesn't mean that it's you know it's just not as simple as right and wrong. So, um, I think I watched that series now that you're talking about it. I I want to say that you may have been the one who was watching it. Because I, I think he fell in love with his therapist. He did fall in yes, love with so his I therapist. Yep, yeah. So, um, the, so it was interesting because was they do a lot of work around it. I've read some criticisms about it that they maybe tried too hard. And so it was a little preachy. Um, I didn't get that, but again, I don't have the experience. So as a person who doesn't have the experience, I don't know that I can really center any discussion around it because I just don't have the expertise. So it was a little bit eye-opening for me. Again, the language, the representation. Now, what's very interesting is that there's a lot of representation um, on the mental health spectrum, right, in talking about people on the spectrum and, you know, where they're at and uh, how behavior therapy works and modifications and things like that but there was not a lot of representation for people of color mm. there was literally one black person like two black people on the show the coach for the track team go figure and then her best friend on the track team which really they didn't have a whole lot of interaction like kind of until the end where there was a crisis and then the girl felt like she was being abandoned blah 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 blah. but it was just like so in this small town where y'all live there's only like two or three black folks and then there were some kind of ambiguously black multiracial folks but like identifiably like you black only two and I didn't see a lot of character development so it's disappointing because it just feels like you have to make a choice like we can either talk about mental health or we can talk about being black right like we can talk about mental health completely 
or we can include other characters who are people of color but we can't really do both in the same space which i think is very like, interesting because i'm like but like even in her group there weren't a lot of people of color and i'm like but there are um people of color who are dealing with well i was just gonna say i find that very interesting because at school dealing with the students i would say 75 percent of my autistic kids are black males right and Black people have experienced, just due to our history in the world in general being treated, we don't really talk about mental issues because, you know, oh, the stereotypes, all black people are crazy or whatever, so, and whatnot. And this, I mean, and this isn't really about being crazy, right? So, again, with um, autism, as I understand it, it's just that there are some misfires. Right. Uh, misfires in the brain. And so it's not... A mental illness where it's a condition that can be cured like it just it is, is what it is it's like a kid who has down syndrome right and so else, you right? just Something work around that with, right? so exactly. and, and that's the thing so like I've worked with children so I worked for Mid-South Art when I was in college um, one of my million and one jobs and I worked with children who had developmental disabilities and physical disabilities and I had children who were mainstreamed um, one of my former clients actually is a greeter at Walmart and he's got a uh, cerebral palsy and but like Justin like figured out like how to mainstream in school and so it was very odd for other people because I think when people have outwardly presenting uh disabilities it's easy to you know figure you out what's going on. Right, right right it's easily identifiable and so that's the thing with these um invisible I guess ailments like people who have fibromyalgia or who have lupus like if you don't have something that presents if you don't have something where people can see it and it's definitive and they can put it in a box it's hard to um it's hard to you know put a finger on it and get the pulse of it and so people have a hard time understanding that and that's like with autism it very much seems it's a spectrum very so it, it's spectrum. it's all across the board and they don't know where it comes from and it hasn't always been around and so it's like is it the vaccinations causing it can you change it through diet and I mean I have friends in the holistic community I have friends in the conscious community I have friends that you know go across a bunch of different intersections who have autistic children and who do a variety of things um sister Erica uh her son Ed like so Ed is autistic, he's nonverbal, but um, for the most part he's nonverbal. But he understands like six or seven different languages. So again, there's no, like you can't really, it's like parts of the there's brain. There's no box you can check. Yeah, there's like parts of the brain are like super high functioning. And then other parts of the brain are like very sensitive, right? Like, oh, it's too bright in here or it's too loud in here. Um, like for their prom, one of the things that, one of the things that his girlfriend advocated for so he gets a girlfriend, and the girlfriend really pursues him, yeah, and he doesn't goals. know how to, you know, deal with the do, whole yeah. thing, but he figures it out. And she uh, petitions the prom committee to have a silent prom, That's which right. I thought was cool. I was like, I would love to go to a That's silent so dance, and they do sweet. these silent discos. I found one. We're going to one soon. So I found a silent disco because I was like, I like the idea of being able to like, listen no to the music. music. No, so what no, it is so is everybody has headphones. headphones. No, everybody has no, headphones. No, you have headphones, so the music is piped in directly to you. To you. So you can engage and not engage with, in the music if you want to. So like, if I wanted to have a conversation with you, we would just take our headphones off and talk. So everybody's listening to music and dancing, so but it's like, like hey! 
Nice party, yeah. Right, but it makes perfect sense. And it was perfect for him. Like, he was dancing and having a good time. They changed the lighting so that it wasn't too bright. So even though he was amongst all of these other people, you know, which could be a trigger, they turned down some of the other things that could be stresses for him. So I like what they did with that it. That is dope. And I don't think that I have enough information to be able to critique it other than to say I would like to see more about how they deal like, I would like to, so that season two is coming. I'm hoping that in season two, we'll get to see a little bit more of the group and maybe get those other individual stories. Because I really do think that uh, that they need to talk about what it's like for people of color because we don't talk about these issues openly. And then the part of it, the, the part of the spectrum that, that we don't talk about a lot is that students and adults with Asperger's. Right, and, who and are extremely high functioning. Wouldn't even know. Not even know. Asperger's. What is that? Social skills. They can't make friends. They have a hard time. They don't do well with change. They, they have I a hard time reading that. social views. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, and some people don't really get diagnosed um, on who have Asperger's until later on in life yeah. because there's you know a series of things that show. Oh, okay, well maybe there's something going on here. And it gets, you know, read as other things. It's a learning disability. There's, you know, socially awkward. And it really is that they're on the spectrum. So I I like the show. I like the show. Um, I would recommend it. I just want them to it have was good. I'm always going to advocate. I'm, you know, Issa Rae, school of thought. Like, I'm rooting for black people. So I'm always looking to see more people of color. Speaking of people of color. um, What I meant to say as far as um, mental health goes for people. So, I mean, for people of color. We have experienced so much trauma that is not talked about um, and it's just covered. I feel like we would really need something like this, basically just agreeing with what you said. And I have not seen this show yet. I've been binge watching all the wrong things. Well, not wrong, no, you just haven't, not you haven't made time this. for it yet. I haven't made time for it, so I do want to check this out. I'm not. I think you'll like it. I think you will too. Um, It's like I said. I just feel like it needs more. uh, I would like to see people of color, color address more, and 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 that may help us to start those conversations that we don't have when we see something um, that. It's just not aligning with our children, right? And we don't know how to talk about it because we've got this fear of the stigma of labels and then being put into classes and classified. And so they're not maybe getting the help that they could get and we're not getting the support that we need in those situations. And Because I don't think this is really a mental health issue specifically because this is a neurological disorder, again, as opposed to a mental illness. But again, we don't talk enough about mental health to even... I'm from a family of mental health professionals and I still can't tell you the exact difference except for when it's a neurological thing, it has to do with the way that the brain actually functions versus when it's um, a mental illness. But even with mental illness, that could be chemical stuff, right? So Chemical imbalances. Yeah, so I think um, that there's this, you know, show that's out there that allows people to maybe have a way to talk about it. I would just like for there to be more representation to maybe also give us an opportunity to get in on the conversation. Um, and, you know, we're also good at if you want to let us in the conversation, we'll start a conversation of our own. So there may be a um, a typical black person out there. Oh, yeah. We'll see. Um, 
So yeah, that's what I've been into this week. The only show that I'm caught up on is Blackish. Because <laughs> it's 30 minutes. Like I can I can, you can sit go down for a 30 whole minutes. Season of Blackish I can sit down for 30 minutes. But sitting down for longer than 30 minutes to watch anything regularly is just hard. Like we're always I'm doing stuff. Like I, was doing. AV, AV. I just can't sit down. Like Girl, I'm I have doing it all. Something. I have all the things. Like seriously, I haven't, you know, been diagnosed with clinically. But like I just know I can literally be reading a book in my mind, like whatever I'm reading, it can take my mind to somewhere else. And that thought takes my mind to somewhere else. And then I'll end up rearranging my drawers or something. Girl. Because that book that led to another thought. Like my thought my thoughts travel so fast, it's ridiculous. I hear you. Um I would call <laughs> that black girl syndrome because I just think we're women in general, um I said she's a Gemini. And yeah, I mean, I'm a Gemini. but I'm a Pisces, and I do the same thing. You've literally watched me like start one thing and then go to the next thing and then go to the next thing. So without completing, so like I've had to train myself to do one thing at a time. Like literally, I have notes to myself when my whiteboard was in here. What did my whiteboard say? Do, do one thing at a time. I have it in my journals. I write it down in my planner to remind myself because it's that. Um, that's the thing from. Do you remember the meditation for for meditations for women who do too much? Like how you wind up cleaning the house in your underwear. Because, right, because you, we talked about this too. Because it's one of my favorite passages because it resonated with me. Because it's like, yeah, I will be, I will get up and say, okay, I'm getting dressed. And I'll be like, but before I get dressed, let me go put on the coffee. Oh, okay. So the coffee just reminded me that I need to do dishes. Okay, we'll do a dishes. Right. Say less. So, um, so yeah, that I don't know. I don't. I think it's woman syndrome. I just end up doing fifty eleven things in one. I'd be like, wait, what are I coming here for? <laughs> That's my favorite, right? You forget like what you were Which doing to begin with. Right. It's like it's, it was one of the fifteen, right? <laughs> one of the fifteen things that I was doing. Um, so yeah, that blackish is like the only thing I've caught up because it's a half an hour. Um, also blackish, I should have known. I thought it was gonna be slick corny this season. I mean, it's corny, but I thought it was gonna blackish be corny. Is always corny. That's what I'm saying, but I thought it was gonna be cornier <laughs> because the way that they opened up the season with the whole musical and the whole my ancestors' wildest dreams and all. Like, I was like, oh, I okay, it's gonna be extra corny. Um, but it shouldn't even be called blackish. It should just be called black. black. Like blackish is black as hell. It's black like, as hell. It's been black since like I I I get why they named it blackish because mm-hmm. initially you know it was a show about black people, the upper class, right. predominantly white middle, neighborhood, middle kids class, to a, yeah, right. So um, I mean I get that, and then like as it's progressed, it's just gotten blacker and blacker and blackish, and the ish has just like faded slowly. It's it's super black this season. Um, <laughs> I for one love it. I love uh, so have you seen the episode where um, Diane gets her menses? Okay, so we can't talk about it. So you got to catch up so that we can deal with that. What's menses? Yes, I can't believe. We've had this grow. Right, we've had this conversation. I can't even believe you looked at me like what I didn't that? know like we used pet days. I just thought we said period. Oh uh, well period <laughs> is technically like the slang. 
So menses, menstruation. Oh, period. Oh, because it's a cycle. The end of the cycle. Period. Period. I get it. I still just call it period. Like I thought that was like the clitoris or whatever. No. Um. The terms menstrual cycle. Yeah. What was your band called? The menstrual cycle, John. Wow. I'm done. <laughs> that was one of my favorite lines from that movie, The Menstrual Cycle. <laughs> I'm done. So yeah, um, so yeah, you gotta watch it because you're not caught up because you didn't see that. Mm-hmm. And the way that they deal with that is really interesting. Um, so yeah, it's just extra black. Uh, you know what I'm not caught up on? For sure. Um, power? Power. I'm not caught up on power. I'm not caught up. I'm, so no power, no white famous no free lunch because they took away our free channels like we didn't even have like a chance to bootleg them i feel like that was like (laughs) y'all didn't even have to do us like that you know you could have just cut us some slack you know funds are a little tight this year wait for our glow up we could have been featuring you we're gonna sponsor people since you want to be you know flaw or whatever you know i'm gonna remember that and i'm gonna write it down take a picture Okay. Um, so, so yeah. Um. So yeah, we'll be watching that bootleg, obviously, in order for us to catch up because we ain't got it right now. Um. Just and people are still talking about she's gotta have it. it she's gotta have it. It premiered on Thanksgiving, and like there are people who still haven't watched it. There are people who are watching it now and didn't realize that it was a movie. Mm-hmm. So now they're going back and watching the, the movie, movie and yeah. then coming back and watching the series. So the viewership on that should be really good because it's everybody beautiful. and their mama seems to be watching it. Every, um, from who I've talked to, who I've talked to, they they have loved it. Like They're like, I just love how it plays in and this season and this. And they really, you know, stretch out this character's time. I love it. I love the fact that you and I can watch this series and like I watched the movie when it originally came out and I'm fairly sure I was probably too young to watch it then. Um, How old were you? I don't know. What year did it come out? Right. Look it up. (laughs) Let's go to the phones. So um, let's see who gets it faster. Is it mom with her son? 1986. Okay. Yeah, I was definitely too young to be watching it. I was only like two years older than you when you watched it. Because I was like 12 when I watched She's Gotta Have It. Right. So, yeah, I was like 10 when I watched She's Gotta Have It. And I might not have been 10. I may have been 12. Because I want to say I didn't see it right away when it came out. Um, But, yeah, when I was exposed to it, I was pretty young. So, whatever. It made sense to me, though. Like, I... I got what she, what the movie was about. Like, 12, yeah. I was pretty smart at 12. Yeah, I think so. Um, and we talk pretty openly about se- sexuality. So, for me, it wasn't like, oh my God, you've seen She's Gotta Have It. And so, I enjoyed, the, I enjoyed watching it with you because I knew that you had the context from the original one. And I love the fact that people your age are watching it and getting an idea of different types of sexuality. And that there isn't just this no one way that you have to do it. Um, and you know, being able to develop your own ideas and ideals around it, so I think that's good. Um, people that are a little bit older, maybe my age and between your age and my age, have been super critical. Like the conversation, so there are so it's definitely divisive, like people either love it or they hate it, yeah. Um, and so. I've seen 
I've seen both sides of it and I have you know friends who are culture critics I have friends who are writers I have friends who are filmmakers and you know it's it's very much it's just divided like some of them love it some of my New York people are you know yes oh my gosh I remember that block I know you know I remember when gentrification started to happen and we didn't really have a word for what was happening so we saw our neighborhoods right but we saw our neighborhoods changing and like he did a good job of capturing that you know from 86 because it's set in 2016 so it's literally you know this 30 year span and so it's like from 86 to 2016 this is what I saw happen in 96 this is what I saw happen in 2006 this is what I saw happen in 2016 so people are you know literally just like oh my god he didn't get it right or he overdid it or they're like oh my god I love it that's my old neighborhood I used to live around the corner and I can definitely relate so I think people who have it so it's not like all New Yorkers are looking at it going oh my god I love it it's you know it's so New York and it's so true to New York or going oh my god I hate it I can't believe he did that like it's just there's no rhyme or reason to who likes it and who doesn't there are women who there are writers who I have a great respect for who are just like oh my god I hate it you know I just think that he he didn't get it right I hate the whole um the whole arc around uh Mars no not Mars the girl with the butt implants oh ah why can't I remember her name I want to call her Shemekha okay I was like why well, I want to call her Sharika Mecca right so all around Shemekha um and you know Banshee girls and around the way girls and you know they didn't like the way that she was portrayed and the reality is that this is happening that people are getting right. illegal butt shots that people are doing things to keep up with these standards of beauty that have been set trends right and this is not a eurocentric standard of beauty like, this is black this women saying like, as a black woman i don't have enough ass and so i want to go get more ass and so i can't afford it so I'm boy saying what he said to me today girl we're not even gonna get up into that because i see listen we're not we're I not cut right don't make me come up to this school <laughs> her no chew so <laughs> yeah so people are talking about it i'm gonna say this spike gonna spike I love Spike. Spike goes Spike. Cut a bitch. Spike goes Spike. Auntie Spike goes Spike. And I don't know why people are acting all surprised. Like, they don't know. Like, it's what he does. Um, I also think that it's okay for us to have critical conversations about our idols. Like, yes, Spike is going to Spike. And yes, there are things that Spike has done brilliantly that, you know, we love. And it's like, oh, yeah, no, that was like X. Right? Like, people uh, still are referring to X. Like, people have not read the autobiography of Malcolm X really? without the facts, but they've seen that movie and, like, will reference that like it's the autobiography of Malcolm X. Aardvark. Start with the first word. Right. <laughs> like, it's not even because of Malcolm X. I know the first word in the dictionary is Aardvark. I used to read the dictionary just so I could be smart like Malcolm X. <laughs> but, I mean, again, people don't realize that there are composite characters in there. People don't realize that some of those characters didn't exist it was a film he took liberties um i'm not particularly a fan of bamboozled i get it i get why he made the movie and definitely we've seen some minstrel shows in the last 20 30 years but it's not one of my favorite 
You remember the whole thing about Bamboozled was that it was Mantan, the new century minstrel, uh, black blackface, face. and yeah, all of the you know extra stereotypical. So I mean, we see this with reality TV: people being extra stereotypical, hood girls, extra stereotypical, baby mamas, extra stereotypical athletes, and that's all we have to give all these basketball wives. And, you know, I love it from a distance, like. Sometimes you gotta give it a break. Like love hip hop, basketball. Like sometimes it just becomes too much. It can be overwhelming. But I mean, those are you know examples of what the minstrel show looks like these days. Um, even certain music and the way that people yeah, are trying to do blackface no more. And some of it is blackface. You know what I'm saying? It is blackface. Right. It is blackface, but it ain't blackface. Right. So I think it's I think it's okay. I think not just is it okay. I think we must have critical conversations about our idols. I think that nobody can be above reproach and above discussion. So right. I'm glad that there's healthy discussion. Hey, as long as people are discussing it, that means people are still watching it, people are still talking about it. Um, that's good for us as far as representation. And as far as us owning how we want to be represented and how we want to be talked about. Um, and if it's not being done, then that gives somebody else the license to get out and do it, right? To make it happen, to make a better version of it. So if you don't like She's Gotta Have It, if you feel like Spike is dated and his message is dated, then go be better than Spike Lee. Like, do the next thing. Ooh. Do the next thing. What you say? So, um, <laughs> so that's it. People are still discussing She's Gotta Have It. I think I want to watch it again when your sister gets here as part of our, like, binge watching for the winter break so winter breaks are for binge watching just so it's on my like i'm the type of person i add them to my list and then we'll all watch it together so it'll be on your pro pro what amina can you talk yes you can talk girl um so it'll all be on one profile and so i i like to just have it all just ha knowing that i accomplished that on my profile so i'm gonna rewatch it of course on my profile for extra so, um, winter break is for binge watching. We are behind. We just got a lot of stuff to do during the week. And so we don't sit down and watch stuff regularly. Um, so we, Queen Sugar is over for this season. Like, OB. We only watched half of it. We literally got Barely two, have. No, we watched half of it. And I think we got two episodes into the new the, the second half of the season. So we've still got a half of season a half a season to watch. So um and and Greenleaf and Being Mary Jane. Like oh, we got halfway through all of those. So uh Does it smell a lot or feel a lot? I think it's it's beginning to look a lot like you know what I mean. and also apparently we right also apparently we will be listening to Christmas songs. <laughs> because of this candle because it's a scented candle um it's beginning to look more. a lot like this is it everywhere you go because i was with the christmas tree at test one time oh i shouldn't have said that anyways it was like it was a test nobody cared about and i was just like well it's beginning to look a lot like christmas <laughs> child don't tell anybody else that story <laughs> um 
Okay, so we've spent a while on the tea. Let's go ahead and get into the real business, the reason we're here. Uh, so this part of the show is the intersection part of the show, and this is where we talk about different intersections. So the intersection that we're going to be talking about today is being marginalized and enslaved. Um, My bad. Girl, that was super extra. My scalp is really itchy. Um, probably because you did not dip the hair in. So there's a thing that you're supposed to do where you dip the hair in, um... Is he going to be sarcastic? No, in vinegar. Like, you're supposed oh. to rinse the hair with vinegar. And then that takes off the coating, which is what's making your scalp itch. But, you know, we probably could have discussed that before we did the show, but we didn't. So now we're here. Um, so now we can, um... Yeah, now we can get into the heavy lifting. So this part is... This is the intersection. This is where we talk about intersections. So the intersection we're going to talk about today is being marginalized and enslaved. And go with me on this. I When I talk about being enslaved, we're going to talk about what's going on in Libya and why that's important. Um, and the thought that I have about that is what's going on in Libya is super important, not just because it's you know there's a modern day slave trade that people didn't think existed anymore and it's not new it's just been recently exposed but when you are a marginalized person people are able to put a value on your life sometimes it's a literal monetary value and because of where you where you fall that value may not be a lot and so you wind up in all kinds of situations so what we're seeing now is in Libya, people are literally uh, being auctioned off at slave auctions. Um, but this, you know, this also ties into what's going, for me, this also ties on in, into what's going on with uh, Centoya Brown and how a person who is, who has been sex trafficked winds up in the prison system for a secondary crime and it's like but you guys didn't do what you needed to do to protect her so that she didn't wind up in this vulnerable vulnerable position where she literally had to fight for her life this also um this also speaks to me in terms of what's going on with all of these people coming out with these sexual assault allegations right because when people are in positions of power and women are a marginalized group as the marginalized person you are vulnerable and when you are vulnerable people will enslave you like like one of the women so and we'll get into this one of the women who accused Matt Lauer of um, his wasn't even sexual misconduct like these are sexual assault charges so um, he this woman said that he sexually assaulted her until she passed out like that's crazy. Like, he called her in his office and just bent her over the desk. And I'm like, that's crazy. How much power do you have to have or do you have where this can happen? And these people have been sitting on this. Like, Was that Matt Lauer? I also heard that he had a button installed in his office so he could automatically lock the door. Yeah, so, that he could, so that, that's what happened. She said mm -hmm. he called her into the office and he pressed the button and the door closed and locked. And then he called her over to the desk and then just literally bent her over the desk and assaulted her. So let's talk about why this is problematic. It's problematic because someone had to do the orders to get that button installed, which means 
you just can't go install a button. You have to call the maintenance people. You have to get it approved by upper management. So that means that it had to be approved by upper management, which means... No one ever questioned him why he wants a button to automatically lock his door? Well, the thing is, it's not, that's like, you know, lazy diva behavior, right? Because it wasn't just about locking the door, really. How do you get that across? Oh, well, you know, that's a power move. I want to be able to open and close my door without having to get up. But if you're a predator, you get that approved, and then you say, oh, by the way, can you also put it in an automatic locking mechanism? Which then begs the question, like, if he did that, then that was premeditated. Like, yep. that, and that is what differentiates somebody who does something impulsively from somebody who's a predator, from somebody who grooms people in situations so that it's advantageous for them to be able to assault people. And so, how do these things go together? Like, did anybody follow me on that with, with the slave trade in Libya and how we get slave trade in Libya and how that relates to what's going on in the world everywhere else. Listen, we have a person who was elected as the president of the United States who literally said, oh my gosh, and when I saw her again, I had to pop a Tic Tac, you know, just in case I wanted to kiss her, because you know, when you have money and you have power, you just walk up and grab him in the pussy. Like, people elected this person after he said that. Women elected. I'm like, who are these women? But it's also women who are being super critical. It's also women who are saying, oh my gosh, why she didn't she say anything? Or why didn't she, or what did she, right, what did she have what on? She what was she doing in his office by herself? Keep your clothes. Right. So there's just, there's so many things that are problematic. And of course, we're not going to be able to find all the solutions and unpack them. But I think that it's important that we understand that when these type of things go unchecked, this is how people become enslaved. Physically enslaved, being sold into slavery, and, you know, mentally enslaved, psychologically enslaved, where people feel like they have to do it. They have to go along with it. Because... For so many women to have come out and said, you know, Harvey Weinstein, Weinstein, I'd never get his name right. I just don't even care to try that. Stupid Weinstein. and Winston. Right. <laughs> like, I don't even bother trying Winston to get it right. Drew. But it's like for people who knew that this is who he was and this is, you know, what his reputation was, but continue to work with him and not say anything, that's part of the psychological enslavement, right? Because he has the power. And if I want to get this thing that I want, I know that I have to cooperate with him. And some of them even took it to the part to where they were they were threatened with their life. Like, they were threatened into submission. Like, if you tell anybody, this is what I will do to you, X, Y, and Z. Yeah. So these women were so scared that something, whether it was losing their career, their family, or what it was, they were or that, scared. Or that nobody will believe them. Because when people come out and tell their story, so so again, all of these things work together, right? And the reason why, so let's get back to Libya. Let's talk about what's going on in Libya. And then we'll, we'll go from there. So um, there is, so there was a video that was released by uh, CNN. And basically it's undercover video. First problem. Watch this tie-in. First problem. 
the video comes out and somebody asks, well, who shot the who shot the footage? Like, who knew that this was there so that they could go undercover and shoot the footage? Why are you concerned about who shot the footage? Those are the type of questions. That's victim blaming language. Those are the same type of questions that we ask women, right? What were you wearing? Or men, because Kevin Spacey's case has to do with a boy that he sexually, um, that sexual misconduct, not necessarily sexual assault, but apparently he made sexual advances. So the victim, that's what we'll say. The person who, or the accuser, gets asked these questions and it's victim shaming. It's you must have done something wrong. You must have positioned yourself. So rather than saying, rather than being upset that there is a slave trade, the first question was who shot the film? Does that part matter? So the other part is, why is there a slave trade in Libya? How long has this been going on? Well, the slave trade in Libya is not new. And part of the reason why there's a slave trade in Libya is because the lady who was running for president that everybody just knows and loves, people forget that she doesn't have everybody's best interest in mind. And I can remember so many conversations where it was like, Hillary Clinton is for black people and then she would do something like just super racist like what did she try did she try to Dougie or dab or it was like something that she did that was just like typical I'm, I'm trying, trying to relate to, I'm trying to relate to you behavior that got a collective side eye like we were all like girl you tried it but until this video came out people didn't realize that the reason why that government destabilized is because Hillary Clinton as the Secretary of State made an agreement with Muammar Gaddafi that if he uh, got rid of his nuclear weapons which they haven't been able to get the Koreans to do because the the Kim Jong's ain't going they okay. like we don't trust you we saw what you did to Gaddafi okay. and we keeping all our shits and we'll bomb you first we we warn you we'll bomb on you they Tupac with it they like We'll hit him up. So Gaddafi was like, okay, best. I'm gonna click your I, bill and the click you claim. Right, and the claim you claim. Claim you claim. So, so Muammar Gaddafi decided, because um, he was a rebel leader, he was part of a resistance group that came to power and that set the political climate and the structure for, what, 30 years or more in Libya. Um, Libya had basically a uh, state welfare state that, you know, rivaled what we see, or a social welfare state that rivaled what we see in European countries like Denmark, where there's uh, health care and there's housing and there's education. Um, they took in, a, and it's in North Africa, which a lot of people forget. They try to separate North Africa from the rest of Africa. Like, you would think Egypt is somewhere else right because they try to make it part of the quote-unquote middle east but it's in africa and it's black people in africa so libya had a lot of black africans who lived there in libya and uh when this government destabilized this is how those people wound up in slavery because what happened is she brokered a deal that said hey if you turn over your nuclear weapons you know we're gonna go ahead and you know cut off these, we're going to basically make a peace treaty. And they didn't. They assassinated him. And then the infrastructure crumbled. And this is how you get 
folks in slavery. And that's the short version that's of what it. He was talk- that's what the chairman was talking about at the uh, last meeting. Mm-hmm. I was, yeah. So. That's why they were saying, you know, wolf in sheep's clothing when she was running for president. Yeah. They were like, at least, you know, Trump, he's open, open about, you know, being an asshole and who right. he is. And, like, they're like, Hillary is going to get in office and she's going to do everything you thought she would in. She's a wolf in sheep's clothing. And I mean, this is, um, this is very much, um, okay, so this is, this is the piece, um. According to CNN, the UN-backed Libyan government has launched a formal investigation into the slavery allegations. But Libya is largely considered a failed state. Since Muammar Gaddafi, who ran the country for four decades, was ousted in 2011, the country has descended into civil war. A transitional government failed to implement rule of law in the country, which has splintered into several factions of militias, tribes, and gangs. In lawless Libya, many see the slave trade and smuggling as a lucrative industry. So again, this is what has happened. What has happened is the the government completely destabilized after four decades under Gaddafi and the slave trade is now how they're making their business, how they're doing business. But the slave trade does what? Makes money. It makes money. Which is why the slave trade, the transatlantic slave trade that led to the displacement of Africans throughout the world, which is why we're here, and there's some of us in Europe, and there's some of us in Asia, and there's some of us in South America and Central America, because we were spread throughout the world. We worked on cotton. We didn't, like, that's the thing. People think of slavery as just the folks who wound up in America working on cotton plantations. And plantations, let me say this. No, sharecropping came came later. after. Yeah. Yeah. But plantation is a really pretty word that conjures up pictures of, you know, these nice white houses with the columns and people drinking their mint juleps and happy negroes in the field picking cotton and singing spirituals. But they weren't that. They were prison labor camps. That's what they were. And they were breeding human beings to make more slaves so that they didn't have to pick any cotton. That's the real so it's not a plantation, it's a prison, it's a, uh, it's a prison. Prison, prison is farm. keyword, Pr- prison, right. this is still going on in prisons. Right, so, um, and then we can get into the 13th and that's a whole nother thing, but just, just again to zero in on slavery equals money for the people in power when the government is destabilized and a bunch of different people have power and they will figure out different ways in order to keep uh, making money and this is why we find people who are being enslaved now and again these are black Africans in Libya who are being sold at these auctions and it looks frighteningly similar to the folks who were kidnapped and sold into these prison camps four or five hundred years ago um, so whenever somebody says we're post-racial I just want folks to be reminded that not only are we not post-racial in the United States, we're not post-racial in the world. Um, um, as long as people who look like us from the continent that we came from are destabilized and are not empowered, then people who look like us in the rest of the world cannot stand up and have power. Are a Frankenstein monster. 
that is composed of all of the different mm. people who have colonized us. So that, I mean, that's the American Negro. And that, again, that's a whole nother thing. But my point being that when you don't have any power, when the place that you come from doesn't have any power, when the place that you come from has been colonized, has been raped and ravaged and pillaged, then it's hard for you as a person to stand up anywhere in the world and have power because your home base, your foundation doesn't have it. So, um, again, I look at that and I just draw parallels to this powerlessness that we're seeing in other places that people are being victimized. And so... Again, this isn't just about being black and enslaved, this is about being marginalized and enslaved. Because when they come for one group, they come for the others. So when they came for the Jews, they came for the Jews, they came for the homosexuals, they came for the people who had mental illness. Understand that when they come for one of us, they will eventually come for all of us. They will eventually come for all of us, so it's important that we talk about what, mar what being marginalized looks like. It's important that, that we understand, again, the intersection. So my intersection is being a woman. So I've got that. So I've got to go out into this world in protective mode all the time because there are all of these people out there who are predators who look at me and say, because you're a woman, I am allowed to do this to you. I'm allowed to enslave you in some way. Physically, mentally, emotionally, I have the power because you're a woman and that makes you less. Your value is less. I'm black. So now as a black woman, I go out with these two strikes against me. I have the power to do X, Y, Z to you because you're black and you're a woman. And your value is much lower. Right. America. Oh, and Malcolm X. Okay. Right. Right. So then we, that just keeps compounding when I start looking at my other intersections, right? So I'm black, I'm a woman, I'm queer, I have uh, mental health issues that I am, you know, constantly working on. And so it's just like, oh, okay, so you have a diminished mental capacity because of depression or because of anxiety. So therefore, I can use that to exploit you. I can use that to enslave you. Is this making a little bit of sense how I'm drawing these parallels? So again, as long as people are allowed to be enslaved over there, that's just a reflection of how we allow people to be enslaved over here. And it, and it wouldn't have mattered if the video hadn't gotten out. That's the thing. We don't talk about it. So now that Weinstein Gate has happened, the floodgates are open every week. One, two, three people. I was sexually assaulted by this person. And there are people and woo. Listen. So um so yeah, that's that's the intersection. That's what the intersection we're dealing with, being marginalized and enslaved. And um sexually we need we need to be paying attention to how it's these treated. things mistreated. Yes. Yes. And mis and those mistreatments Again, there are various forms of slavery. It's not all being sold on the auction block. slaves. You have um, constitutional, general, just slaves. Um, systematic. I mean, the list goes on. Right. So there's various systems in place uh, for the enslavement. Um, so let's let's get into who tried it, because this definitely speaks directly to that. One? Yeah, go for it. Okay. So, uh, I, 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 I would first like to say that, 
this man has been inspirational for a long time until he did this fuck shit. So apparently, um, think as far as I've gathered, two women have come out about Russell Simmons, one, um, assaulting them and two, uh, making sexual advances. Amanda Seals, that's who it was. Amanda Seals. Oh, wow. Yeah, she said he asked if they had had sex before if they had before. Mm. And it went unspoken for a while and then untalked about for a while and then Amanda Seals, uh, is she insecure? Yeah, 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 yeah. She's, uh, she was a, a, a culture critic. She's a uh, not, not a culture critic. She did. Um, she's a she's a comic, and I think she was like a VJ for MTV at one time. Like she's been around for a minute before the uh, Insecure gig. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And there was another woman. Um, I think I have the post say no. They deleted it. Um, it was during the filming. It wasn't Love Jones. I remember though she was 18 I've seen the movie before that's all I remember and she was 18 when he did this and he had forced her head down into his lap and she never said anything about it until now until everybody started coming out about their sexual assaults and people making unwanted sexual advances at them right. so that's um, I am glad that the floodgates have opened mm -hmm. um, and you know it's 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 time and it's been time um, and this isn't new this isn't the first time he was accused of sexual battery in uh, he and Brett Ratner apparently um, were accused of sexual battery uh, a while back and this is so this is the thing Russell Simmons has stepped down from like all of his from all of his different roles right it's at Def Jam and uh, HBO has dropped him so he's it, yeah JC Penny just dropped him um, but As so this is so this is what I will say I haven't heard any statements from him. I haven't heard any fake apologies or whatever. Um, for me, it's not a surprise. Like, Russell Simmons was a grown-ass man when he married Kamora Lee. Matter of fact, he was in his 30s. Like, he was like 34 or so uh, when they started dating. And she was 17. She was a model, and she was still in high school. So, for she me... She was a minor. Yeah, she was yeah. a minor. Yeah. And, and this wasn't like she was a minor and there was a slight age difference. He had a 20-year... He had a 20-year jump on her. At least a 17-year jump. But I want, I'm going to safely say he had about a 20-year jump on her. So, I it's not surprising to me that when he was younger, before he became this, you know, yoga person, vegan, philanthropist, um, he was a hoe. And he was an old hoe who liked young girls. And so, you know, the sins of his past are revisiting him. Apparently, when some of these people were making their accusations, he was reaching out to some of the victims and offering advice in the way of saying, you know, 
don't hold on to this pain and forgive your accuser. And so some people are saying that he was doing that because he knew that he was this that he was that person at one time and he was that person at one time like this hasn't happened recently this isn't like a couple of years ago he was you know doing this this was a while back so you know people change i get that that does not excuse you like you being a good person now you being a philanthropist now you doing whatever it is good that you do in the you world being a crime, you gotta right and crime. i mean if he believes in karma then he had to know that this was coming back around and that you know and so maybe that's why he's not making a big fuss maybe that's why he's just stepping down and doing the right thing time will tell um but everybody's ghosts are coming back to revisit them so this week Two more people join join this. Actually, three more people. Three more people. And this one, girl, this one for me is just really, I'm like, I need several people to have a seat. So there is a representative from Detroit, John Conyers, who also has had several sexual um, harassment allegations. And his friends and supporters in Michigan church folks NAACP folks are saying that he should not step down that he should wait for due process they said that you know there are other politicians who face recent scandals and haven't resigned like Al Franken in Alabama um Al Franken who's also like you know game show host actor uh Roy Moore and of course President 45 so they're like, you know, all of these people, because he has a court, there's a, actually a court case going, there's a case going to court about, a year old. A, this, no, this one is uh, a defamation of character where he basically defamed the lady who said that, you know, he assaulted her or he was sexually inappropriate with her. Um, so that case is actually going to court uh, and people are using these court cases and these, uh, this and the Russia stuff, right, to start, you know, drawing up articles of impeachment. But um, basically, I'm, I'm just really disappointed in these folks who are saying that he should not resign because, you know, if the white man did it, then, and, you know, hasn't resigned. The white. The white. Right, the white. Um, if the white did it and he ain't resigned, then you shouldn't resign either. No, that's not how that works. He needs to resign. That's... That's not how that works. Really Doesn't matter if those other people are held responsible. Each person has to answer for what it is that they did. And this man paid out a $27,000 settlement in 2015 to a former employer who claimed that she that he repeatedly sexually harassed her. Um, so, and he's, you know, inappropriately touched people. And, you know, there are other claims for harassment. Like... Bruh, why do you have to be dragged into court? Like, if you know that you did the wrong thing, just go ahead and step down. And black people, stop supporting folks and stop telling folks that because the white didn't get in trouble, that they can not get in trouble too. Like, no, we need to... We need to hold these people accountable for what they've done. So if you're still bumping R. Kelly, if you're still going to the R. Kelly concerts, shame on you. Shame and, on you. Um, let's go ahead and say the I do see deal. something wrong with a little bit of bumper crying. But when you crying. grown and they not. When you grooming folks and yeah. having sex in <laughs> prison camps, it's the problem. Um, so yes, that is for all of these new people down. who are on the list, 
for Russell Simmons, for Matt Lauer, for Senator Conyers, and for the people who are supporting him and telling him not to step down, you tried it. You failed. We are not here for that. At all. Um, so I will say for the people who are doing the most, um, people who are getting behind folks and not just waiting like let's see where this goes before we drop our support like people who are erring on the side of what i think is proper caution who are saying oh okay you did that nope we're dropping you nope don't want to be associated kudos to those folks so uh so um JCPenney, HBO, The Today Show, um, House of Cards. House of Cards said, because they, they had stopped filming. They were just like, we're just going to stop filming. We're not even going to finish season six. House of Cards has said, we are finishing season six without Kevin Spacey. So As you should. So for all of those folks, you are, are doing, doing the, the most, most and, and we are, are here for it. Um... Let me see. We need a wrap it up, baby. Uh, I think we're about at the wrap it up place. Let me just see. Yeah, oh, there was one more, and I just thought this one was really sweet. So, an Australian politician, Tom Wilson, proposed to his partner, Ryan Patrick Bogler, while he was on the House of Representatives floor during a debate for same-sex marriage. Oh. So at this debate for same-sex marriage, his partner's sitting up in, in the stands and he's up there making his very official political argument and he turns to his partner up in the stands and he basically you know, says, you know, this is what our relationship has been, this is our song, and this is our fight, and, like, oh. you're who I'm fighting for, like, you are the reason why, you know, I wear this band on my left finger, and I just thought that that was so sweet. So, Tom Wilson, you are, are doing, doing the most, and we are here for it. Alright. first claps. Three steps in the knee. Girl, now you tried it. Um, <laughs> so that's going to wrap it up for us for this you said edition. You wrap it up. They wrap it up. Yeah, we gotta, we gotta have to wrap it up. We gotta have to wrap it up, B. <laughs> no, you know that was um that was Takeoff who said that this year BT Awards. Oh, all up on bamboo. That's the same time he was like, you said you're gonna wrap it up. Wrap it up then. And wrap it up, B. Right, we put on the wrap it up B music. Um, so that's gonna do it for us for this episode of The Intersection. Um, Thanks for meeting us at The, the Intersection. Intersection. Bye, y'all. Bye. bye.